0: On this week's episode of Two Views Movies, our Six Degrees of Separation retro series is taking us to a galaxy far, far away. With 2016's Rogue One, a Star Wars story, sponsored by Miller Theatres. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we are continuing our retro series uh, because of the world of the Rona. This is our thing now. No new movies, hardly. And we're going to keep our retro series going with our six degrees of Kevin Bacon.
1: Yeah, so we just had King Arthur. I guess we can go through all of them now. We can recap. Yeah. Can you do it without looking? Yes. If I can find the one we started with. <laughs> well, you, you, you have to do it without looking. Oh, no, I'm, go- I'm going backwards. I, I'll go backwards. So we just okay. we did King Arthur. And uh, King Arthur... Oh, yeah. We start with Event Horizon. I got it now. Yep. Event Horizon okay. was first. And we tracked Larry Fishburn over to Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. And we took Mr. Fantastic... Which his name? It, it's like Yon something, something rather. He uh, yeah. was in King Arthur uh, with yep. Clive Owen and Mads, and we are taking Mads over to Rogue One. Yep. Somehow got it all the way back to Star Wars. <laughs> all roads lead to Star Wars.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was are worried, worried of-, of
1: how we were gonna, of who we were gonna spin off of here, but we do have some mounts. Oh,
0: oh, yeah, we do. I mean, they're not necessarily huge outs, but I mean I, I say what you will about Forrest Whitaker. He definitely has a wide variety of movies that you can go from
1: that he cameos to. in, yeah, yeah,
0: I'm trying to think of who I mean Ben Mendelssohn's got a, a fair amount of movies um, I'm sure Diego Luna and Felicity Jones have a couple probably gems hidden in there, so I think we have options they might not be I mean. Truthfully, the the most fun one would be to go with Donnie Yen, but then we'd get into some martial arts rabbit hole and probably not. We be could able never to get, get out. out of it. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. that was what I
1: was saying. When I, what I was thinking. I was watching. I was like, you know, some of these probably have some like you mentioned, you know, hidden hidden things that are probably pretty good, but we'd never get out. You you couldn't get out of those uh those lower budget stuff.
0: Yep. Yeah. Once you. The only way, I mean, Donnie Yen's been in some other movies, but like Blade 2 would be the one that you'd have to go to to even remotely give yourself an out in that. Then you could just go to Triple H from there, and then you're just really <laughs> lost in the world of WWE movies.
1: Yeah, that, that take us down a path I don't think we want to go down.
0: But uh, that, that's that's next time's problem. Right, right. Now we're just uh, chilling on Rogue One, which which seemed good. Um Honestly, this when we started this podcast it started with uh The Last Jedi and uh because of that we've only really talked to Star Wars movies. So all the other things came before and we haven't really circled back around to retros and Rogue One feels like a nice nice fit.
1: Yeah, we've we've referenced it many a time but never actually talked about it.
0: Yep. Uh we, there's been a lot of conversations I think on the side, definitely not on the podcast, but Rogue One is an interesting one since it was like really that first anthology movie that came out, the first one that is not involving loosely, you know, main characters, even though it's tucked conveniently into the the nice comfort of the existing plot line. Um, obviously, it's what led uh, Solo to probably exist. Unfortunately. Eh, we disagree on that one. We have a whole episode for that. <laughs> All right, well, let's get going. But before that, let's make sure and shout out our sponsor, Miller Theatres. They are still doing their DoorDash delivery or curbside pickup where you can get a family deal, which is 25 bucks. You get a tub of popcorn, two soft drinks, two candies, and a $10 voucher. Or if you want to grab gift cards to help support them when all of the Rona is over, uh, you get a free movie pass for every $25 you spend. So... There are some ways that you can go out and still support local business, still support movies, and then be able to have some goodies there now, or go back and uh, get some free movie passes and see some movies as soon as we all get going again.
1: Yeah, and they're they're hoping June is when they can open the doors. And I saw an article that said uh, Mulan is scheduled for July. Okay, and so that's that's the first big movie that I, I've heard back into theaters.
0: Yeah. I think what'll be interesting is whether or not when we start going back to theaters, if there's going to be forced distancing. So like the most you can do is like, you need to leave X number of seats between you and the people next to you. Like, I I really don't know how it's going to work logistically.
1: I I don't either. I don't know how they're going to police that, you know, and it'd just be more of a, but again, then again, you're asking a movie theater to sell not at capacity when they need, they need butts in the seats. Yep. So I I don't know. This is gonna be uh interesting. Yep, definitely gonna be
0: a, an interesting experience for everybody. Let's just hope that uh, places like Miller Theater come out of it um, ahead, at least somewhat, with uh, support of everybody still, you know, going and picking up some snacks or gift cards. So either way, anything you can do to help support them, it's good stuff. Yeah. So Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue One. Um. I don't know that it needs an introduction, but we'll do it because that's just the way we do things. It is a rogue band of resistance fighters unite for a mission to steal the Death Star plans and bring a new hope to the galaxy. Directed by Gareth Edwards, who has done Godzilla 2014 and a movie called Monsters. The cast, Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, Alan Tudyk, Donnie Yen, Ben Mendelsohn, Forrest Whitaker, Riz Ahmed, and our boy Mads Mikkelsen, which is how we got here. Um... So Rogue One. Where do you want to start on this one?
1: Well, how do you feel about these uh these one-offs that are not in the main timeline? And I think it's only not in the main timeline because they've already numbered their episodes. Uh well, I would like to see more Star
0: Wars like The Mandalorian where um I mean, I guess as far as timeline goes, um I guess everything that we've seen has been in the timeline. Even Mandalorian, I guess, is in the timeline because, oh, I'm going to botch this. I should have looked this up. Mandalorian takes place between uh, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi and the new trilogy, right? Yes. So like Five years then, after
1: Return of the Jedi, I believe <laughs> is what they right. said.
0: Okay, so if we're calling the main timeline Episodes 1 through 9, then we haven't seen anything in the Star Wars world that is not in the main
1: timeline, right? Oh, in that bracket. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, so I, I'm very interested to get something that just distances self even further. I think the Mandalorian is better in that regard because, uh, rogue one is tying directly into the movies where Mandalorian is just like this pocket that seems to exist. Even though we're in the same era, we're not directly influencing events of the main timeline. So I want to see more of that rogue one, For what it was, I thought was good, inserted itself nicely, um, took a little nugget from A New Hope about the Death Star plans and turned that into a whole movie, and I think conceptually it worked. Um, My issues with it aren't necessarily timeline or or plot necessarily, more
1: execution, so I thought they did a good
0: job for being the first one to do this. I
1: I think they picked the wrong gap to fill. They picked the very, very... I mean, this is buttoning up right up to a new hope up to like an hour later is when Vader catches mm-hmm. Leia. Yes. You know, and so like, that's, that's how close it is to the, to episode four when all I really want is Vader to be Vader and to sure get, and we want, we want to see that movie between three and four. That's him hunting and killing the Jedi. Like, right. Like that's, that's that's the movie I'm waiting for. So as far as these, and it's part of the main timeline, but it would, I guess have to be an offshoot because unless they call it 3.5, that'd be weird. So it'd have to be one of these aside movies, but you're still following Mm -hmm. Vader. No, I get that. I think everybody who's a star Wars fan wants
0: that movie. Um, I don't see that as like a knock on this movie. Once they chose to go this route, I guess. um, And I can kind of understand why they would. I, I think that I think if you were to come out of the gates with the first non-Star Wars movie being the Vader movie that we all want, uh, you better be certain that you get it right. And I'm not sure that they had enough confidence to roll that out there. Yeah, I don't think they were there yet. Um, so I think picking what they did makes a lot of sense because it's, it's an era that we're all familiar with. It's a story that we're all familiar with. Um, it... it It's different while still feeling very, very familiar. Instead of going like, you know, there's rumors of going High Republic or New Republic or whatever, Old Republic, sorry, um, with whatever movies are coming up. And I think everybody can grasp that it's Star Wars. Um, They may not know the connections, which is fine. But I think for your first one, playing it safe probably isn't the worst idea. So this
1: feels like a safe choice to make and a fine one. How do you feel about the timing of it? So this came out after we were introduced to Ray, right? Mm-hmm. And there's all these questions about who, who is Ray and who are her parents and, and all this. And then, I don't know if it was just internet people or if somebody leaked something that, is, that there might be some correlation to Ray in here. And then there wasn't at all. Mm-hmm. Did, did that uh, distract you at all the first time viewing this?
0: No, not really. I think you always wonder that, especially with how connected everything in Star Wars seems to be. I mean, it's a huge galaxy and empires and republics, and we focus on a small family. Um, And I I think, not to give Marvel too much credit, but I think the the whole connected universe of Marvel kind of gets people looking for those things, and we almost go into these bigger projects assuming that there's going to be connections here and there. And, And there are, just maybe not always that. Gratuitous, I guess where Jen or so would somehow be Ray's mom or whatever. Cause I know everybody's trying to do that and I get the connecting of the dots. It didn't really influence my watching one way or the other. I just sort of was at least going back to the first time we saw it in theater, I was going into it kind of empty minded, just not really sure what to expect. Um, On repeat watchings, it's not like I go Easter egg hunting. I mean, there's some things that seem to pop up every once in a while that I, I maybe didn't catch before, but I don't think that really influenced it. I mean, I don't know if Disney should have held off on Rogue One until after the new trilogy was done or not. I mean, they were definitely trying to be aggressive with this and then Solo and really get Star Wars out there, even though I'm not sure Star Wars is a property that needs to be out there in your face. Um, So no, I mean, to answer your question, I didn't think it influenced me
1: too much. Uh, The other side of that is I can get why people would want to connect dots. Well, they just bought it, right? So Disney just bought Star Wars when this came out. And so they were trying to roll out like two a year. Right. Right. You know, we had episode, you know, seven, Rogue One, mm-hmm. eight, solo, and then they're like, Well, too too much. Too much. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> then they realized it was solo. Uh they tried to tried to do too much too fast and you need time to let people want to see it again. True. I mean obviously the counterpoint to that
0: is Marvel, which people don't seem to need that time for.
1: But the see the difference between Star Wars and Marvel is that it's the characters are very different. Mm-hmm. And so Black Panther is very different than Captain Marvel, which is different than Ant Man. And so I think the movies, while sure superheroes and in the same universe, it's not Captain America movie every six months. Agreed. And so but I, I think I that also, gives you a little bit of reprieve from that.
0: I think so, in a way, although I would argue that it only becomes uh, mundane if you're just being really safe with everything. Like, if every Marvel movie felt like Captain America, sure, but it doesn't. Like, to your point, Captain America feels a little bit different than Thor, which feels a little different than Guardians. And I think that's the variety that Star Wars is missing. I mean, Rogue One and Solo, while I think they have definitely different tones that they're going for, it's not so drastically different that you feel it right like I mean it still feels firmly firmly planted in like the Star Wars world with the same weapons and ships and stuff like that so I they need to find a way to branch out more and make it more of a variety while still having all the same elements and and so far they just seem to be unwilling to do that
1: yeah and I think also the problem well Marvel is almost episodic of you you, that's the next one in this streaming you know binge watch that I'm doing like they all tie together, while this is going back and trying to fill holes, mm-hmm. and so yep. it's not like oh the next one it's like okay well that that's just a a story over here, but I'm I'm more focused on what's going on with Ray, and if you're not going to mention that at all in Solo or I like Solo but not now, you yep. know, f- wrap this up and then we'll go start dropping things in. Yep,
0: I completely agree. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what. What Disney does now that they've got Disney Plus and Mandalorians on that, and maybe they're going to start spreading their wings a little bit more. I don't know, but I definitely agree with every point you said. There there are differences between the two. It's just funny that they're both rolled up to the same parent company now, and one seems to be struggling while the other seems to not. And it's funny that it doesn't seem like lessons are being learned from the Marvel world and applied to the Star Wars world.
1: Well, they're also coming in six movies late. Versus building their own from the ground up. Sure. So they're trying to get these characters, but the, one of the best things about Rogue One, which I wasn't sure what they were going to do with all these people, um, while watching it is they killed everybody. Mm -hmm. Everyone died. Yeah. (laughs) The ones that, uh, you, that didn't die, you saw in a new hope and then Mm -hmm. everybody else is dead. (laughs) Did you think and obviously
0: I, I'm when I ask these questions I think you're you're thinking the same thing. Like I'm kind of asking you to go back to the first time you watched it as opposed to a rewatch here, but did you think Disney would go that route?
1: No. No. I thought, you know, when they were on that beach or whatever at the end that they would find a way to be saved. You know, mm-hmm. something was gonna happen and then they'd have to excuse out where they've been the entire rest of the you know, mm-hmm. the, the series, but I'm glad yeah. that just to bring them back in and reference them and, uh, you know, uh, Brian Johnson's, you know, I thought I I didn't know what they were going to do. It's like, oh, yeah. you mm-hmm. re- Remember those two that we just introduced to you? Yeah. They're raised parents. <laughs> you know, it's like that's yeah. that's weird. And none of them have yeah. force powers and you're trying to fit something into a box, but then you kill them all. And I was yeah. like, well, that's why I haven't seen any of these people because <laughs> uh, they're all dead. I remember the first time I watched it, you know, I, I really wasn't
0: sure. And, and I agree with you, even up until the last minute with, uh, Jen or so and Cassian Andor, like I wasn't sure if they would die, but even before that, they'd already been offing people bit by bit, right? Like Forrest Whitaker had died earlier in the movie. And then, uh, Donnie Yen dies and his partner dies. And then Riz Ahmed dies. Like the, the snowball was happening there, but you still did sort of question whether or not they were going to off the main characters. And they, and they did. So I, I mean, kudos to them. I like the fact that they did that. It's a little dark for a Star Wars movie, but at the same time, it makes way more sense. I'm glad they prioritized
1: story over selling toys. Well, even yeah, no, I agree completely. Even the uh, the darker skinned uh, Mon Calamari people, the Admiral mm-hmm. Akbar uh, ship that looked like a different race of the same species, mm-hmm. they they all died. You know, yeah. Vader came in and blew them all up. So so you're not. You're not wondering where these people are later, which is a nice touch. That uh, I'm glad that that happened because yeah, uh, I, I dislike when you know holes are left, which we do have many here. But it's a uh, at least the the characters you didn't have to explain where they all went. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, okay, so let's talk about characters a little bit because
0: to me this is a good and bad thing. Like I like the breadth of characters i like the um almost like magnificent seven nature of it where it's just you know a ragtag group coming together to achieve something and in some ways some of the characters were really cool and i wanted more depth and in other ways i was completely underwhelmed by characters and so like my overall take on it is like they're fine
1: yeah i thought there are too many too many thrown in too quickly that didn't really have that much that was different. You know, so yeah, like who yeah.
0: Like who do you latch on to in this movie? Like who I guess who's your favorite character in the movie? Not counting Vader.
1: I can't I can't count Vader. Nope. Well, obviously I'm gonna go with the I think the obvious choice and the most interesting character is is the blind man. Yeah. And his I, and his
0: friend. So I agree. I think with that. I think if I factor in execution of the character, I almost go with K2SO, the droid. Um cuz like every mm-hmm. scene he's in, I thought he stole it. But so it's like a droid is is not that cool. It's kind of boring, but the the character they gave him and all the lines they gave him were always the best in every scene. So how do I compare that to You know, the two guys, the blind guy and the guy with the gun, who I think conceptually are the better characters. But then it left me wanting a lot more with them, where, like, every scene I was like, oh, I wish they would have done more with that or something like that, which is, like, the opposite of how I felt. Like, K2SO overperformed, and those two characters kind of underperformed.
1: Well, no, I agree with you. The problem I have with K2 is that there's a bunch of him, but we've never seen him again. Yes. You know? And so that that was—you killed off all the characters, but except for you made a—if he was, like, a standalone droid, like C-3PO— even though he's not, you see a bunch of, of him, different versions of him Mm -hmm. later on. Um, you got the impression that there were a bunch of these Imperial droids that look like him Mm -hmm. and that, you know, in, in a mere week later, there are no Imperial droids except for one that scoots (laughs) across the ground, you know? Right. And it's, uh, so I, I didn't, I didn't like that mashup, but he was by far, no, I agree. He, he captured, um, most, most every scene that he was in for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I think did like the
1: backstory of, you know, the two the two guys that are supposed to protect all the, the Kyber crystals that mm-hmm. Jedi's built lightsabers out of. I mean, that seems like a much more interesting story than anything that we got. Yeah. I
0: don't disagree with you there. I think that they don't ever really. Wait, do they? Gosh, I'm thinking. Um, do they ever really say what a Kyber crystal is in the movie?
1: They say that's what the Jedi's use for their lightsabers okay. and then that people protect okay. them.
0: Okay. I I just couldn't remember thinking back. I was like, I feel like maybe somebody just dropped that casually, but it wasn't like a big focus either. I, I don't know that it needed to be, but I guess, I don't know. Just felt like there could have been some more stuff done with that. And yeah, I, I wish that they had done more with those two characters and had a chance to give a little bit more background of them or even explore a little bit more about who they are now. Cause I think they, from a human character standpoint, they definitely stole the show. They were by far better than the two main characters that, uh, you know, we're supposed to care about. And I feel nothing for Jen Erso and Cassian Andor, but you will. No, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not watching the Cassian Andor Disney plus show. Why? (laughs) Why does this exist? I don't
1: understand why they're making that and why that that's a character that, that stood out. I mean, it's like they're, okay, this is our new Han Solo. It's like they're they're trying to to force feed him into it. And I don't don't get the appeal. I didn't like him at all in the movie. Uh, Even his motivations didn't make sense to me. Yep. All the way down to, you have a sniper pointed at uh, her dad standing next to Ben Mendelsohn and you choose not to shoot her dad. Well, you could still shoot Ben. (laughs) Right. You know, it's the guy wearing white and he's clearly important, even if you don't know who he is he's a head imperial somebody you know take right. him out uh, yeah
0: i know it, it's so i liked cassian andor in the very beginning of the movie cuz he kills two stormtroopers and then kills like the spy that he's apparently working with so i was like whoa we're we're kind of going dark we're really taking this like middle finger to the whole uh, who shot first between han you know, back in a new hope, and they're kind of just like confronting that head on where they're like, all right, well, Cassian, we're not even gonna debate this. Like, yeah, he's just gonna be on the in the gray area of good and bad. So conceptually at the start, I'm like, yeah, cool, okay, I like this, but the rest of the movie, and I don't know if part of it's Diego Luna and the way he plays it, but he does not strike me in this movie as a scoundrel that you think is cool but you're not sure if he's on your side or not. He, he's almost like a confused puppy dog.
1: Yeah, no, I I get that completely. He's, he's never really one or the other or really kind of anything. I just felt like he was there. Yep. And I I felt more agitated. You know, well, they said, uh, you know, just going to shoot, shoot your dad. Like, like, none of that made sense. That's more plot Mm -hmm. than, than his character. But I just don't think any of it sold very well.
0: Agreed. And then I think this, I feel kind of the same with Felicity Jones, her character of Jen Urso. Like I understand everything that we're supposed to be feeling and it's your dad and all this stuff, but I don't know, man. There's just something about those two main characters that whether they were together or individual, I just never felt anything for that. And that was one of my first complaints when I first saw Rogue One and it hasn't gotten better on multiple viewings. Like those two characters, I just kind of they feel like side characters that aren't really developed like main characters. And I just, I got nothing. I, I mean, you could take them away and I'd rather watch a movie just filled with K2 SO and Donnie Yen and the other guy.
1: Yeah. They uh, so my, my mind went to, well, maybe it's star Wars and you're trying to introduce new characters and we're just not, we, we don't have enough time to feel for them. And I was like, well, no, cause I really love Ray and I love Finn and I only met them once you know mm-hmm. and so and their relationship together that all worked and so this i don't know what it was and i'd hate to I, the plot stinks and I'll, I'll we'll get to that in a minute but i, I can't there's got to be more than just the bad plot of them just having no chemistry i guess yeah i think there was a lack of chemistry i think the writing
0: well and i guess the big question here would be like I, i'm actually glad that they like weren't a romantic thing I feel like they kind of play with that a little bit on the elevator ride down and then on the beach. But I think it's actually supposed to be more of like uh camaraderie. Like they, if they do love each other, it's not romantic. It's like this, you know, we survive this whole mission together kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. So I'm glad they stayed away from it. But at the same time, the, the feelings between them are just so weird that like, I, I don't know if they were trying to force something there at the end that, that I felt like wasn't there. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I just think that I think it was a combination of writing, if there was supposed to be chemistry, whether it's romantic or even like playful combat hero kind of thing, Like I just got nothing from that pair. Yep. No argument from me. And I think that's hard. I mean, when you can sit there and name off three of the other side characters that you're more interested in than the main two, um, I don't know, it just feels like maybe the
1: story didn't do it enough justice. Yeah. And then you have uh a poor choice at, at bad guy at the same time. Yeah. We, we always disagree on Ben Mendelsohn. I, I like Ben Mendelsohn. I like him as an actor. I don't like him as an intimidating villain. I'm like the, the standoff with him or even, of uh, this is a guy that we're trying to stop his evil ways. I, I don't get that. He's, uh, not someone who feels Imperial or I should fear. I'm glad, uh, they had Tarkin in it. He um, looked better this time mm-hmm. than I remembered. Um, yep. And so it's cool to to see him as the big bad, I guess, uh, him invader. Uh, but it was, I just don't feel like I want to, I want to I wanna hate my villains or love to hate them, but I don't, he's just kind of a, a guy.
0: Yeah. And I think that's just, I think that's how you respond to certain villains. I think you want your villains like the biggest and the baddest. And I think the Mendelssohn villain always tends to be more sleazy and slimy. And that doesn't get as much of a visceral reaction. But he is this guy that, you know, he's building a technical marvel. He's not the guy who can go toe-to-toe with you like a Vader can. So he's just a sniveling, you know, middle management empire guy who is sleazy and backstabbing people and trying to climb the ladder and ends up getting screwed in the end but he's he's unlikable but not in the ways i think that you usually respond to which is like this palpable sense of like evil and hatred his is more just
1: scuzzy and slimy but he's he's like what they turned hucks into you know it was he's not clever. oh i don't think that he's not clever you know so at least if you're skeezy you're you know you're you're tricking them, you know you're you're cutting them off before like i'm I'm okay with a cerebral villain if they're smart, and you know maybe that's he tricked them into killing her dad type of thing, something like that, versus just oh, showed up, and then the rebels attacked, and that's what killed the dad like, he he didn't do anything, really, yeah, I think that's kind of it though, I
0: think he's he needed Galen or so to do all the work. So he hasn't really done anything, but he takes all the credit for it. Yet he goes around and, you know, kills her mom. And it, he's just, uh, like even if you take it back to eighties movies, he's not like uh, the bad guy action hero who's going to fight. He's the, he's the guy who like ran the store, who tried to, you know, keep the kids from going into the store. He's that kind of sleazy guy. So I don't think there's really anything to appreciate about him, but, well, he's not feared because he's only feared because of the position he's in with the empire. Um, but I get it; that doesn't make necessarily for a awesome villain, which is probably why they still tried to have little nuggets of um,
1: uh, Tarkin in there and having Vader in there because he's not that kind of villain. See, so I would have rather had somebody who could have challenged Tarkin and then justified Tarkin blowing him up. You know, so like almost there was like an internal. You know, you're trying to overthrow type scenario. Mm-hmm. And, but Mendelssohn's, he, he seemed more scared of everybody he wouldn't, like, obviously scared of Vader, but, mm-hmm. but, but was playing this, this other guy opposed to where he could have been a more powerful character that could have challenged, you know, to, to win the Emperor's love type thing. Sure. Yeah. Yep. So. I think they just chose to make him more
0: sniveling and, that, that, you know, for what it is, it's fine, but I can
1: get why you wouldn't respond to it. Yeah. So I think all those, and, and the plot, I mean, I like the trying to get the plans, but there's so many ways in how this doesn't work that I have a lot of issues with. <laughs> so, what do you mean? Well, I'm going to start with, he sends a holographic message, right? Couldn't he just yeah. send the plans?
0: I don't, I don't know how that works. Apparently, they said that sending those plans takes a shitload of data versus no, he, putting... A,
1: he sent it with the pilot.
0: Well, but I don't know that he... I don't know. I don't know if he just didn't have the access to the plans because they're stored
1: on that Scarif base. Well, he, and maybe... He built the thing. Okay. Don't know. And if he's trying to build in plans to blow it up, I'm going to tell you that I built this in, but I don't have plans myself. I'm just going to tell the pilot to go to Force Whitaker and, and say, hey, get this to somebody who matters. Hey, like, we don't know the
0: the data protocols of the Empire. <laughs> who knows what it takes to get in there and check those things out from the Scarif
1: library. Well, the guy who built it, I think, would have access to, <laughs> hey, at <laughs> least all you got to do is shoot this hole, you know? <laughs> yeah. And here's the, here's the schematics. Give it to this, this pilot who clearly yeah. he had contact with because they said that. Mm-hmm. And all the plans could be on this little floppy disk because we saw Vader chasing it. So, yeah, it just seems like that uh, all could have happened a lot easier. And so when you have those outs like, oh, I have a message from your father and this is what it's supposed to be. And he couldn't pass anything along opposed to it being a hologram. Like you say, you couldn't pass anything along. Here's the message. You made me memorize it, whatever. OK, then maybe you can say they were keeping data control, something like that. He was able to get this message out. I think that's a small thing.
0: I'm not too worried about and that.
1: And then you're able to radio the uh, the fleet, but you can't transmit stuff because the shield.
0: Yeah, I think I I feel like they made a one-off comment about that, about the shield blocking like the data transfer. So, well, and I don't know. Uh, I have to go back and think about the order of that because like there's a whole bunch of stuff because there's some ships inside the shield. And there's some ships outside the shield. But I feel like they said because the data transfer was so massive, that's why you had to go through the antenna. Whereas, like possibly just communicating through it isn't that big of a deal.
1: Yeah i i don't I don't get the planetary shield either. I hate that whole thing. It doesn't make yeah, any sense I, or why we have not seen that before or since. And then yeah, all you have to I do mean, is it, break the gate. Right.
0: Yeah, I don't know really what the point of that was either, and I don't. I'm assuming they have other locations just like it because they didn't seem to care like Tarkin that he was just nuking his whole library of plans. So I'm assuming that they have other planets just like this. I I guess so. But I mean, I think you could explain some of this stuff away. Like um, it's, you know, a ton of effort, ton of cost, whatever to wrap a whole planet in a shield. And you would only want to do that on select planets. And this would be one of them where they're trying to guard their blueprints and stuff like that. So I, Again, I see what you're saying, but I'm not too bothered by it. I mean, it's Star Wars, so uh, to me, that's just small stuff. If it was huge plot points, I, w- I might care, but okay, they wrapped a, a
1: planet in a shield. Cool. But you didn't even need the shield. Like, the shield makes, makes no difference whatsoever. Well, I think it gives a sense of
0: isolation, so otherwise you would be like, well, it just turned into like this big, huge space battle which it kind of does, but it gives them a reason to keep some of that stuff out in space and keep the focus on the characters on Scarif like, as more of a like army-to-army, small insurgents kind of thing without it blowing up into a full-blown space battle. So that's why I think they did that.
1: But they let people through, and so they were blowing up the walkers anyway. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I some got through. They got through anyway. And so either you keep them all out or not because it kind of ruined that effect. Uh, I just think I that if there, if there was no shield, you could have just had them, you know, Donnie trying to connect the the way that they could send it, you know, and then you have the same effect of everything else yeah. in the movie,
0: opposed I, I mean, to trying sure. to
1: transmit. Hey, blow up the shield. Yeah, I, I
0: think they could have gone that way. I, I think I get kind of why they they did have the shield. Um, and I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. It's something new. I mean, sure. You can ask why they didn't do that every other place, but you could just as easily as you could ask that question, you could just as easily come up with an answer for it.
1: Well, if you have that technology, I mean, clearly they have it around the death star in return of the Jedi, but it's being projected from the base, Mm -hmm. but this, this seemed very, very different from that.
0: Uh, sure. I mean, whatever. It's a planet shield. Uh, I don't really, it doesn't do anything for me one way or the other. It was a, a cool little addition that I thought. And like I said, I think you can pick it apart or you can just easily explain it away.
1: And have we ever determined when you shoot a lock, does it lock the door or does it <laughs> open the door?
0: Yeah. I thought about that, too, because I think it works both ways in, in the Star Wars world. It does. I think it works whatever way the laser, whatever way you want it to behave is how it behaves. <laughs> and the, the, you force the laser into it? Yeah, because, I, I mean, clearly they shot a gate uh, to get somebody out of jail mm-hmm. in this movie, and I think there's been plenty of other times where they, like Luke in A New Hope shoots it to keep the door sealed. So, Yes. Yeah. Don't know. Just shoot it and hopefully, hopefully that works. Yep, you got a 50-50 shot. Take your chance.
1: So I have to get to Forest Whitaker and his whole character. Okay. Saul Guerrero. Saul it's that I disliked everything about him and everything that they did. Okay. So you look at why are we using one a tentacle monster to pull out of the pilot's head what he's willingly trying to tell you? I assumed they were doing that because they wanted
0: to know if he was a plant or not. But why Why is the... Because
1: he's part of the Rebels, right? No. He's a Imperial pilot. I don't know. Uh, Forrest. Yes. But he doesn't trust anybody from the Rebels, so only she yeah. can get an audience with him?
0: I don't know. I mean, there was. I think he's a character from the Clone Wars, so I don't know if there's a whole bunch of stuff built into his backstory that I'm just not familiar with. Um, It did seem like he was part of the rebellion or on the rebellion side, although he might be one of those guys who's just like technically independent but fights on the side for the rebels. And I don't really know much
1: more than that. Oh, that. And then it makes you the tentacle monster makes you go crazy only for a few minutes though. Because the pilot was fine after that.
0: Yeah. I got the impression that it extracts stuff from your brain, like
1: the truth and stuff, and probably has some residual side effects for a little while. But like a scene of, oh, that's the pilot, and then he was fine. Like I just don't yeah. understand why you why you put any of that in the movie. And then his yeah. walking around with his oxygen mask and making whatever <laughs> voice that he was doing. I just is all all dumb to me. I didn't I didn't like any of it. I didn't mind his character and the design
0: of it and the breathing and stuff. I just, you know, it's Star Wars. Let's see some interesting stuff. So that's fine by me. I I agree with you on the tentacle monster and that not needing to be necessary um, because I don't know that it really got you anywhere other than, you know, understanding that the pilot is telling the truth. So maybe that rules out that he would turn on you later in the movie. But I I didn't mind Saul Guerrero. I don't actively dislike him like you do.
1: Yeah, I dislike him.
0: I thought the it was interesting that they chose him to have like breathing apparatus and stuff that even sounded like Vader's. Like it's yeah, it's one of those things where I remember in the prequels there was like one character who had some kind of apparatus and everybody freaked out. It's like oh, it's like maybe the you know early implements of Vader stuff, and I don't think that really ended up being anything. Um, and, and same with this, I me mean, Vader already exists, so it's not like it's you know stuff coming from Saul Guerrero, his technology that made it into Vader. It's just kind of a separate little thing, I guess they wanted to do. They they had a... And again, I don't know about this character from The Clone Wars, so maybe, you know, is this how he is in that cartoon? So that's the precedent. So this is really just the on-screen adaptation of that.
1: Was he in the cartoons prior to the movie, or did they make a character for him after this?
0: I could not tell you. My guess is since this was made in 2016, I feel like Clone Wars was going on way before that. Um, But also after. Sure. I I don't have a good answer to that. My Star Wars knowledge uh, of the Clone Wars is basically zero.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, pass on that.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to look and see if he's in this. says first appearance in TV was on the Clone Wars, obviously, but I don't know if you know, when that happened. So, or like I said, if he's even, if he's even like that, so maybe this is an, a different iteration of, uh, of him. So I don't know. I, I'm fine with Saul Guerrero. I didn't mind it. He's not in it enough to bother me.
1: Well, and that's the thing It's you make this weird, weird guy just to, just to die immediately. I, I just like, none, none of that seemed to work together. And I feel like his whole, like he didn't have anything that mattered.
0: Sure. I mean, I think he was there as the plot point for Jen to be able to see that hologram of her dad, because her dad didn't know where she was. So they had to have some kind of point in between the two of them to get that data to her so she can kind of realize that her dad was still alive and all that. And But how, how'd they get the, the hologram? hologram? How'd they get the, I think, wait, what? They got the, the hologram from the pilot, right?
1: Yeah. So why'd they need to suck his brain?
0: I think Saul was not trusting anybody. He thought that he could have been lying to get infiltrated into his base to kill him, so he needed to verify that the guy was telling the truth that he was actually working on behalf of Galen Urso. I don't know because he even thought Jen was coming to kill him. Basically, Saul is paranoid. Paranoid of dying, but is okay just committing suicide. <laughs> well, yeah, no, he he had he was done. He was fighting. He had done his piece.
1: One of those moments, <laughs> but, but for someone who's paranoid wants to live, and then you're just like, "Nah, yeah. now we're good." Yep, I'm going to go ahead and now die that here. He's
0: seen the message from
1: his boy Galen and sent Jen off. He's uh, he's not, he's done fighting. He's com- completed his task. <laughs> right. So I have a couple other things here. Okay, um, one the Death Star ha- can go uh, has a hyperdrive. Apparently, Is that weird.
0: Uh, I mean, not. Uh, What am I trying to say here? I mean, not in a world where you can make stuff up. I mean, if you could put a hyperdrive on a, a Death Star, I think you absolutely want to. That way you can move it throughout the galaxy. Um, Does seem a little weird that you can move an entire planet through light speed. But
1: <laughs> That's no moon. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, calculations
1: better be very precise. Uh, that that seemed weird. Like, I always envision the, uh, the Death Star as just this it's going to be slow to get to you, but when it gets to you, it's going to kill you. Yeah. I think like I mean, that type of thing. I mean, I get why you would want to have one on there, but it sure. just doesn't seem like that's uh like that would have one.
0: Well, and if you think about it conceptually too, like if you're the empire and you could build this weapon that could destroy a planet, like, is it worth the cost and the time and effort if it can only be in one system because it's, I mean, think of how long it would take if it didn't have light speed to move from like one it's uh, solar system to another. So basically, once you you build up this whole thing and you nuke like two of the planets in the system that you're in, and then it's done. Proof like, of concept. Seem, Proof of concept. Yeah, it doesn't seem worth it at that point. Now, the real question would be: I assume Star Killer Base would not have a hyperdrive because it's an actual planet, right? Okay.
1: Right. But yeah. I mean, don't even get into that because that doesn't make any sense because it's sucking from its own sun, right? Blacking out his own sun, and then the planet dies. Yep, and all the planets just stay in
0: orbit perfectly. You know, <laughs> the sun just basically evaporated. Right.
1: So that's so that, yeah, that's Starkiller. That's we don't need to go into that movie. But <laughs> um, so I had a problem with uh, not a problem, and it just it's it struck me odd when uh, the Death Star came out of hyperspace. Um, mm-hmm. but then, um, these stormtrooper helmets are the absolute worst. I mean, which they, ones they, in particular, all of them, none of them protect the wearer in the slightest bit. Yeah. I mean, you get hit in the back of the head with a, a gun and you're unconscious. Like why, why <laughs> right. are you even wearing these helmets? Like these, <laughs> no, they these look cool. you get smacked on the head with a stick and and you're done. You're just out. Yeah, Like, that doesn't happen in really the first three movies beyond Ewoks. Ewoks were the biggest, you know, problem with with the Stormtrooper armor. Everybody else Mm -hmm. used blasters that you can make up your own, whatever that does to them. Sure. When you hit them with a stick, why are we even wearing the freaking armor?
0: Yeah, I mean at this point it's just visual looks cool i'm i'm not going to get into the practicality of of stormtrooper armor i mean
1: but i felt like this was a egregious throughout the entire movie
0: well i mean but you can go back to even the original star wars and whenever guys get hit with blasters it doesn't li- it doesn't destroy their armor it just leaves a little black mark on it so technically the armor has always looked impenetrable from any weapon
1: but maybe the blasters vibrate through their bodies yeah,
0: I'd maybe it's not Don vibranium. It's a stick so hard that it still concusses. Them. I mean, guys wear football helmets and they still get concussed. So getting a stick upside they, the head, they don't get black out immediately.
1: They may have maybe. a concussion later. They don't pass out. <laughs> Sometimes they do. <laughs>
0: you get hit hard enough. Donnie Yen wielding his stick will give you a concussion. Uh,
1: it, it just like everybody was hit with a stick in this. I felt like like they weren't they weren't shot a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jen Urso in the beginning, like. Pulls out a little baton and goes crazy on him, and then obviously Donnie Yen's got his stick. So, I mean, I get it. It's just that's just how it works in the Star Wars world. I mean, stormtroopers have bad aim, and they go down anytime you hit them with anything. Well,
1: you say that, and that was my other point: was uh, they shot his wife first? First shot. Yeah, that stormtrooper yeah. is probably the best uh, marksman in the <laughs> in the galaxy.
0: She was also standing perfectly still, three feet in front of them. Which, at least in most other Star Wars movies, somebody's at least running, that moving. That not well, not Donnie. Yeah, that's true. Donnie was walking. He was walking, but the, straight, the straight ahead. I, I think there was some Force alterations happening there. But he doesn't have the Force. Uh, I think the he moves in and out of the Force. I think he is <laughs> one with the Force. He is one of the Force. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm going with. I really wanted something more cool to happen in that scene, but it didn't. Yeah, I agree. I felt agree. like his character was ripe for just like some kind of really, really cool moment, and didn't quite get it.
1: Yeah, he kind of had his early, yeah, and then they showed him force shooting the the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but then yeah, the end kind of left him out there to dry. Yeah,
0: it's like they hinted at something. Beyond with him, obviously, with his talk of the force, he's blind. He can still do all this stuff, and then it's like, never really got that. I mean, the first fight was cool, but you kind of almost thought that if something was going to happen, force related, which feels like, like there's always the hint that it might happen, or the feeling that it might happen in Star Wars. Like you kind of thought
1: he might get it. I think if they would have known how the series ended, they would have given mm -hmm. him force powers. Yeah, probably. Because he's not classically trained Jedi, but apparently, if you're force sensitive, you can do some stuff, and clearly he was, but yeah. didn't know that he was force sensitive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think had they made this movie again uh, right now, I think he would have done something forcey. Yep, I agree with that. But so my last my last point uh, is Vader and James Earl Jones. You mm-hmm. had to have James Earl Jones, and that that's a given. Sure, I think he talked way too fast and high. Yeah, it, and I and I think that was a product of being fast. Uh, Maybe he yeah. was trying to. I don't know if they just wrote his lines longer, so it felt like he had to get them all out in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, when Vader doesn't really usually have a lot of different lines strung together, mm-hmm. um, it just seemed off uh when he yep. was talking to uh um what's the name, mendelson
0: yeah yeah i i think so i didn't expect vader to show up the first time i saw this so when he rolled into mustafar i was like whoa, wow and then i really liked the bacta tank kind mm-hmm. of look mm-hmm. um but everything from that moment on uh basically his shadow shows up on the wall which is insanely cool but i don't like I don't know everything after that doesn't work for me in that Vader scene I don't like the way he walks down the ramp I don't like all the smoke I think I, I think it's just me I felt like Vader looked off and I can't quite place it but he certainly sounded off
1: yeah he looked a little off and then he's throwing puns around yeah yep so that um, ma- that made me put it on the writing of why this isn't working once he finally <laughs> dropped that uh dropped that pun
0: I uh I don't even know what to say about that, really. <laughs> um, I don't know who thought that was a
1: good idea. Because, because there's not any of that in any of oh, the rest of the movie.
0: No, I and I well, not just the rest of the movie, but the rest of Vader. Like you've well, got
1: sh- sure. I'm just I'm just saying as far if you're trying to make your movie a little bit different, and so you're bringing Vader into that fold. They nothing else had a had a punny no. joke or anything like that.
0: No, and I think we all have moments like that we like in the world of Vader where it's funny like the all too easy, right? It's a super arrogant thing, but it's not like he makes some pun about Luke falling into the hole, right? He just says all too easy and that that feels right. He's but but to make a pun? Like <laughs> no, Vader should not be making puns.
1: Yeah. that that kind of like uh, and if I thought if that was all we got of Vader, I was very disappointed. Oh, yeah. And and that's Uh, almost all we got of Vader.
0: Yes. Yeah, I don't think anybody had any idea what was in store for us at the end of the movie.
1: Yeah, which is awesome.
0: It's easily the best Vader moment of any Star Wars ever,
1: honestly. I agree. Because that's the first time we've seen Vader really do anything. Yeah. You've always had this... I mean, kudos to them to, to build this mythos around this best villain ever who's never actually really done anything you just heard about him and everyone just scared of him and he had this presence about him, but never actually saw him do anything. And then he finally showed why people feared him. Mm -hmm. And that's, that was was done. That's the thing
0: is it was done so kind of casually and, but in a good casual, right? It wasn't, it didn't feel forced. It wasn't like, when uh Anakin and Obi Wan are like twirling their lightsabers like crazy in front of each other, where it's supposed to look cool, but then you're like, Whoa, "What's the practicality of that?" Like this was very simple. He was just you know choking guys, throwing them up on the ceiling, you know, dodging all the or you know knocking down all the bullets. But it still was very Vader esque. And yeah, I mean everybody saw that and was like, "Okay, I need a full movie of that, please." <laughs> right,
1: <laughs> right. And and to me, when that's the last thing that's in the movie, like. That's what leaves you with a better impression of the movie than than the rest of it,
0: for sure. And yeah, if that had happened before, like the Scarif explosion, it would have a totally different feel.
1: Agree, agree. Because when I le- I know when I left the theater, I was like, "That was badass," and that mm-hmm. that that left me with that. And even this time, like, and I, as I was watching it, I was like, kind of bored with this movie, and but mm-hmm. I also was waiting for Vader, and then I was yeah. like, "Yeah, that's cool." <laughs> <laughs> and so yep. you don't want to rate this movie down because of that scene alone
0: yeah I, I completely agree with you it, it changes everything especially being at the end of the movie It you can always point to this scene because I, I agree with you I watching it again last night I was like man I mean I think it's a decent movie um, I actually think it's kind of well made in some parts but it's just yeah boring I, and I don't know why it should be any CGI grievances you had? Not really. I actually thought it was okay. I mean, besides Leia, Leia stood out like a sore thumb, but I thought Tarkin was pretty well done.
1: Um, but I didn't really notice any other moments where I was like, oh, that's bad. Other than tentacle monsters?
0: Yeah. I mean, those never look right.
1: So beyond that, you know, especially for a Star Wars movie, you know, that's that was good. That was mm-hmm. one of the the things I would like to to give them of, they used it only when they felt like they had to, which mm-hmm. was on, on those two characters. But clearly they one's dead and the other one was really old. And so that was the only way to to bring them into this. So you needed to use it there, but they didn't go into making all these other characters that were full CGI and you couldn't I mean I'm sure they were like uh mm-hmm. K two, but they didn't look that way.
0: Yeah, agreed. So I, I like a lot of what what this movie brings to star Wars visually, like the addition of the different colors of stormtroopers, did not feel hokey. The the beach,
1: the beach uniforms.
0: Yeah. They made sense. Yeah, they did. But even like the all black ones at the beginning, uh, which I know we've seen black before, but like not in that aspect. So I thought the additions of that kind of stuff to the star Wars world was, was really well done.
1: I agree. I agree.
0: All right. I think, uh, I think I'm running out of things to say. Me too. All right, let's get to our questions. I am Thor, son of own. And as long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready?
1: So what'd you rate it? So I came down. So after seeing it in theaters, I was at a four. Mm-hmm. Um, about midway through, I was thinking I was going to be a three. And then uh, after I finished, I was back up to a three and a half. So mm-hmm. I think that that's a right fit. And it's again, it's probably getting a Star Wars bump. And I know it is. It's definitely getting a Vader bump. Um, but that's uh, where I feel this movie lands officially.
0: Yep. I won't uh, disagree. I think... I, I, okay, so I'm also at a three and a half. But I probably come at it as more of... a well, actually, you said exactly that. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much with you. I'm at a three and a half, and I'm I'm certain that half of that, the half star, is a combination of it just being Star Wars and it just that Vader scene, um, it, because a lot of it feels like a three. It never dips into two and a half territory for me, but it definitely feels like locked in right at a three. But then just a little bit of a smidge because I like some of the stuff that we talked about, some of the other characters, K two S O. But primarily, it's it's the Vader thing that really bumps it up for me. So, what was your favorite part? Well, I mean, that goes without saying, right? Well, I mean, well, let's say I, outside I, of Vader, then let's let's curve that. Ooh, gosh, outside of Vader. Hmm, man, I don't know. I I don't know that there's one really stand out part. I guess if I had to pick, I would either. I don't know that I have a single scene, but like basically anything K two S O does. Because that was always just a bright spot for me, or that first time Donnie Yen fights, because I know who Donnie Yen is. I like martial arts movies, and I was like, "Oh, what are we about to see?" And then you know, you get a little bit of a little kung fu scene in a Star Wars universe there, so maybe that. Give you another question: Is yeah. K
1: two your favorite
0: droid in Star Wars? Um, probably yeah. I mean, we all love R two and three PO, but they are what they are. I mean, their jokes are, their banter is. Always, you know, it's been pretty boilerplate since the beginning. I think 3PO has some great lines sprinkled throughout the uh, stuff, throughout the whole series. But, I mean, yeah, K2SO pretty much stole the show. Better than Solo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely like K2SO better than Solo's droid. And better than Mandalorian? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Okay. I curious where you came down on that. Yeah.
1: So did you have a favorite non-Vader moment? I think I just liked that everybody died. Okay. So the the ending that they killed off everybody. So that they had the balls to do it and they did it and it made sense for the movie.
0: Okay. Easy enough. Yeah. Uh, What's the one thing you would change?
1: Everything with, with Forrest Whitaker. (laughs) The, The whole, the mind reading, the, his, his voice, the, his character, the, um, it's the way he talked to her. I, I didn't like And then just dying willingly. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like, I mean, a lot of this has to do with just full plot in general, but his little arc, I did not like at all. So I would remove that in a, in a way of making it necessary to go to, um, like hyper crystal for some reason, mm-hmm. have that, have that so- in need. I don't, I don't know how you work that in. Um, but if you're having these people that are guarding them, I think it makes a lot of sense to uh, weave into their story a bit more. Yeah.
0: Okay. I, I don't. I don't think it would be a huge, you know, negative to take his character out of this movie. I think you could easily get around it. What about you? I actually said I would take away the choke line from Vader. <laughs> that, I mean, it's so cringy. Like we are watching it as a family, and even my wife was like. Oh, that line is bad. And I was like, yeah, that's yeah. that's how can you have arguably the best Vader moment and the worst Vader moment in the same movie? Right. Right. So, it's, it's like I, it's I think, like they
1: know him so well at the end, but they also don't know him at all in that middle scene.
0: Yeah. It's almost like they wanted to write that so that we would know Vader is choking him. <laughs> Which I mean, Ben, you're, you're not selling into, it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I would get rid of that line. I mean, there, there's a lot to change in this movie, but if the one shining spot is how they handled Vader, then you got to get that blemish off the record there.
1: Well, I mean, if, truly, if I was changing one thing, I would add more Vader throughout the entire movie, but sure. keeping keeping in line with with this, I would do what I did. Yeah, all right. Uh, what's your casting change? So, what do you think it is?
0: Um, well, I mean, obviously, I think you would want to get Forrest Whitaker out of there, but I feel like you just tuck the character out. So, I don't know that you would go with that for the casting change.
1: You don't get both, by the way. What you don't get to make a change and take a character out. Like they're not in the same universe. Sure. Um.
0: So, my guess is you might go with Diego Luna. Nope,
1: nope. Who'd you go with? Ben Mendelsohn. I did a a first for me. I did a character okay. swap. Okay. I turned Mendelsohn into her dad, and Mads into Mendelsohn. Oh, okay. But he's the the big bad, and he and Mendelsohn's more of the scientific guy who's building the 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 plans. Sure. Okay, I can see that. You know, I would have said I could not see that
0: until I watched uh, The Outsider on HBO recently, um, and Mendelsohn is in that, and he does not play a bad guy. I mean, he plays a conflicted guy, but he's somebody that you're supposed to be rooting for and stuff, and that's the first time I think I've ever seen Ben Mendelsohn play a kind of good guy. So uh, you're benefiting from me having been able to see that already, because otherwise it would have been like, no, Ben Mendelsohn, he's, he's a Powers Booth guy, where you see him and you're like, you're bad.
1: But he's a good guy in Captain Marvel,
0: that's true. he is, although he isn't for some of it, right? yeah, right. but he's
1: also building a death star, so that fits <laughs> sure so I just uh, no, I just swapped I'm like, hey, that. you did a good job casting. Just go switch these two guys, yeah, I like that that's a that's a good little take on that. I can see that, and I can see Tarkin wanting to blow up Mads. uh yes, for sure, yeah, so what okay. about
0: you? What'd you do? I did get Diego Luna out of there. Um,
1: Who goes in? That's what I want to know.
0: Well, yeah, see, I'm... Okay, I took uh, Dario Naharis from Game of Thrones because I feel like they kind of resemble each other, but I feel like where Luna gives off the puppy dog vibe, I think this guy... So I I think it's like Mikhail Huitzman, but he's Game of Thrones, he was in The Invitation, and he's in uh, Haunting of Hill House. I think they kind of resemble each other in the sense that um like I don't necessarily think they look alike, but you could see the comparisons between the two, I think. It's the mustache. Where, well, it's the stubble and everything where Luna gives off like the the sad puppy dog eyes, which is kind of hard to take in for a scoundrel and somebody who might be on the fence. I think Naharis gives off the vibe of like, yeah, he could still be kind of black and white, gray area kind of guy, but also have a little bit of charm and dynamics to him and i i don't look at him every time and feel like somebody just kicked my dog so pedro pascal no 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 oh no. not not pedro pascal i said dario naharis
1: oh okay, name, okay. i got i was let Mc... you put pedro in there no, no 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 it's like
0: mikhail Huisman.
1: uh okay okay i yeah, know no. I, I'm, I'm with you now they do well, look you
0: couldn't alike yeah that's what I mean like they resemble each other a little bit, but the that guy gives me more of a hero a, hero, but also like maybe slightly kind of cocky, but also living in the you know gray area whereas like i said i I can't say it enough i just like I look at Luna and I feel
1: sad <laughs> yeah well he I think he's like a foot taller, you know that's yeah, not a big deal well on screen, I think it it matters. Can do he, tricks. Well, I'm saying they didn't for him. And so it's more of a... He's more of a hero or scoundrel. Like, I don't know. just more intimidating either way. Yes. And so yep. it's a... I think that's a good good swap. Now awesome. that I know that you're not, it's not Pedro.
0: No. Pedro wouldn't be allowed... One, I wouldn't like him for that role. And then two, I mean, he's the
1: Mandalorian. So you can't do that. He is. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I was like, I was like, I know he has a role in something and I was about to I was <laughs> start scrolling, but yeah, he's yeah. about, uh, what 20 years older than, uh, huh. yeah. Okay. Um, that uh, works.
0: Okay. What award are you giving this movie?
1: So I gave this the least deserving star Wars movie of a spinoff. Okay, I mean, are you
0: saying that of the like of all that they could ever do, or are you just yep. saying of the two that we have, all of them?
1: Uh, I don't, I don't know. You, I think you'd come up with some pretty terrible spinoffs. I mean, you can. I'm saying this this movie as a whole is the least deserving of a spinoff. Mm, I mean, you realize that we've already been talking about
0: Disney Plus doing a Cassian Andor series. That's my point. But,
1: That's my point. It's, it the nothing well, in that this would, movie should should have a spinoff from it.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you were saying it itself is no, the no, least no. it is okay, it's okay. the least deserving of a spin-off. I got you. And it now has So you're has saying one. this Rogue One <laughs> just needs to be Rogue One and stop. And stop. Like I Solo, mean,
1: you could you could get a Lando good spin-off out of that. I wouldn't hate seeing a Donnie Yen spin-off. I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that, but as far as all the other movies, uh, there's better ways to go than from this movie. Like sure. like are this prince caspian is always what i think of in that narnia <laughs> yeah uh every time i see the the articles on this this new uh disney plus series yeah. it's like like that's the least interesting character from this entire movie that you're spinning off
0: yeah it's it's arguably one of the least interesting characters in all the star wars <laughs> i mean truthfully
1: i mean you could follow the imperial pilot and i think even that one would have been more interesting
0: Maybe I, I I definitely think it's possible. It's just a very underwhelming character, which is so confusing as to why they're going to spin this off.
1: Yeah, I don't know. No one's been clamoring for more. I just think that he nope. has a a contract. <laughs> yeah. somehow that they're buy trying to out. use up. Yeah, just buy him out. It's actually cheaper for us to just make this crap than for us to buy you out. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, but you got to think about brand damage. Brand damage.
0: Yes, brand damage.
1: What what about you what'd you give it I, I the low
0: hanging fruit it's the the best best Vader moment of all time as Vader
1: like can, moment
0: yeah or scene or whatever you want to call it like you could you could argue him versus Luke him finally turning good telling him he's his dad but this is the moment that we all wanted
1: it, it is the moment we have all wanted i have a hard time putting that above Empire and him throwing stuff at Luke, and just that whole fight, oh come on, this is way better I mean it's, that one has i mean it has more meaning because there's dialogue and you know it's, sure. it's purposeful I mean, this is what I've always wanted as right I just one just go through there, and this is why you fear me, you know, yeah, I can kill everybody in the room uh, yes we we have said repeatedly, we
0: want a full movie of this. So how is it not the best? Like, if that's all you got for a full movie is, like, really very little dialogue and Vader just going into I mean, how awesome would that be? Oh, I'd love it. Oh, So clearly, to me, it's my favorite Vader moment of all time. Okay. Okay. Um, This question was hard. I mean, I, I went super easy on this, so I'm interested to see if you went off the beaten path Did at you all, stay out of Star liked... Wars? No, I didn't. See, I couldn't find anything that I felt like really captured it. And I think it's always hard to go outside the that realm. So if you did, I'm interested to hear what you picked. Well, I'll let you go first. Well, I went obvious. I said solo. I think that, and we disagree on this, but I'd be very interested to know if you went and watched solo now after having just watched rogue one, which one you feel is the better movie because, um, I feel like Solo and Rogue One, like when I think about them, they do kind of mash up in my head in terms of the visuals and the style that they are done in. And the the difference to me is just one is lacking emotion all around. And the other one at least is trying to be funny and, and lighthearted in and other areas. And I prefer Solo. So I think if you you prefer like Solo Rogue over Rogue One. Yeah. Yes, I do. Wow. Well, if I take the Vader stuff out, I'm at a three. I think I'm pretty... I think I was at a four last time I watched Solo. So even if I'm at like a solid three and a half, that's still better than the kind of lackluster three and a half that Rogue One gets because Vader bailed it out.
1: He's still in the movie. There's, I mean, sure. you, you get a hologram of Darth Maul.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm not even... But I'm, I don't say Solo gets a half-star bump because I got a hologram of Darth Maul. I do say Rogue One gets a half-star bump because of Vader. So... I mean, that's why I'm saying, that one might be more of a solid four or solid three and a half compared to this kind of weak three and a half. But neither here nor there. It's another spinoff movie. I think if you like this, you would at the very least like Solo. Uh, and I think visually they feel the same in a lot of different places. So, um, But that's a gimme, low-hanging fruit. I'm interested to hear yours.
1: Uh, only because I was trying to get outside of Star Wars. Uh, but mm-hmm. obviously, solo's the comparison. But uh, I don't know why I felt a stronger connection to Star Trek in this. <laughs> okay, uh, and is it is it that far off? No, but uh, I felt like the the new remake of the new remake. It's not new anymore, but the first uh, first Star Trek. I, just, I I don't know why I felt those vibes, and I'm probably if I watched Star Trek again. I I wouldn't see the comparison. But that's kind of what I felt when I was watching them. And it's a much better Mm -hmm. movie than this. So Yeah,
0: okay. That's where I would be struggling a little bit. I mean, I I think maybe the reason why, because I don't disagree with the Star Trek vibes. I think it's mainly because I feel like in Star Wars, there's always been like core main characters. Whereas Star Trek, to me, has always felt like a team. If that makes any sense. No. Well, I feel like on Star Trek you've got Bones and Kirk and Spock and Uhura and you know a couple other people and it it, it always feels like a team doing things, even though there's, there's a couple of standouts and Rogue One is very team ish, whereas in Star Wars, like predominantly I feel like you're following like Luke and Han and Leia, right? Like i I guess I feel like it's built more around a couple of main characters, whereas Star Trek is more of like a team concept. I don't know why.
1: And you felt Rogue One is a team concept? Yes. Interesting. I'm not sure that's where my brain went, but however you got there, that's a. Uh, you haven't watched. This, don't uh, think that Star Trek is terrible from all of the old ones. G- give the new ones a shot. They're actually pretty good yeah. movies.
0: Yes. I am a big fan of the first one. I really like the second one, and the third one I just thought was average.
1: I thought the third one was well below average. Yeah, but, I could see that. But the uh, the first two are. Are worth a, worth a quarantine visit. <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, I think that does it for this episode. Carson, where can they find you on Twitter?
1: At Carson Graff,
0: G-R-A-F-F. You can find me at at Two Views Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at at Two Views Movies. And you can email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically everywhere you listen. We are there. If you are on Apple, be sure to leave a review and let everyone know that you are at the end of the show. Uh, just like every other episode right now with quarantine, it is TBD for next week. Maybe top five, maybe another retro, maybe something will be new on Netflix. We can check out. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I think I caught that there was like a new ish Chris Hemsworth action movie on Netflix. Mm -hmm. oh I thought that was in development is that out I don't know I thought I saw that it was out but I I could be misremembering we should probably do a little bit of research on that
1: well I'm all for Thor
0: (laughs) there you go alright well that does it for us we will catch you next time what should we do next something good something bad Bit of both.
1: Bit of both.